right, good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. So here we are. Today's Wednesday, April the 14th of 2021. We are exactly one week away from the greatest day of the year, 2021. My birthday. <laughs> it's a celebration. <laughs> and uh, I know you're going to get your cash app ready so people can send you cash because... For your birthday presents, of course. Yeah, I don't have that. I never ask for money really from anybody. Yeah. This is a good idea. Yeah. And we'll see. You know, I mean, people are doing all kinds of things and subscribing to things. I was even thinking last night in a kind of random moment, I've seen a lot of people either launch like a what they call a Patreon account where people can pay for extra access. Yeah. You know, so like we could do the show and then we could do like extra stuff. We could have a Patreon or I was thinking uh, because the trendy one I think right now is OnlyFans. I was thinking of launching my own personal OnlyFans. I think that you should. Would that be a weird thing to promote? Probably. I don't know if that's going to fly um, with everyone in your life. No, but like an OnlyFans is just for fans. It's for the of fans course. only, the hyper fans. So I think right. if I launched my own OnlyFans and we advertise I have an OnlyFans account, then maybe people would be interested. Okay. Or maybe their perception of you may change or something. Yeah, it can't get much worse. <laughs> uh, can I question you on why oh. you have so much caffeine sitting in front of you? Uh, long day, long night. Um, like legitimately you have an energy drink and a coffee side by side. Yeah. And they're both actively being used at this point. That is correct. Because sometimes I like my drinks to be hot and sometimes I like my drinks to be cold. Okay. At the same time, like within sips. Uh, well, not in the same sip. Like I might take a drink of this energy drink here in a second and then be like, Ooh, the coffee sounds good too. So then I take a sip of coffee. This is going to be a disaster. (laughs) I'm going to start looking at you kind of shaky. Yeah, she'll have palpitations here by the time we get to 7.15. Uh, so today we're kind of excited because we get to have the uh, new Arkansas State head football coach on the show with us. Butch Jones mm-hmm. joins us for the first time. And, you know, for whatever reason, we have been read the riot act about how to act with the new coach. Yeah, I'm like, do we normally act really bad? Yeah, like do people normally, are they afraid to come on the show with us? What is happening here? <laughs> Why are we being talked to like we're children? Right. Don't do anything that might offend them. Right. We've heard that. Don't do anything. You know, Mm -hmm. all these different things. And these are coming not from Arkansas State. This is coming from people here. (laughs) Our coworkers. (laughs) So I feel this pressure Uh to do this tremendous interview with Butch Jones. Yeah. Because, and again, like normally, you know, based on if it wasn't a pandemic, we would have met Butch Jones in person. He would know us. And like, then we'd interview him. So it'd be very comfortable. Yes. So like this is going to be one of the least comfortable interviews we do. So if you love stuff like that, (laughs) be listening around 805. To meet somebody over the phone is never like the best. Yeah. And then like, you know, because like the deal is I'm going to have to work with him a lot with, you know, on game day stuff and stuff like that. So here we go. Maybe we could FaceTime him in the interview. (laughs) I wonder if he'd do that. This is first impressions. Yeah. And sometimes my first impression, like I want my first impression to be good. But sometimes I'm most awkward at first, and then I kind of ease into being Mm -hmm. comfortable with somebody. Yeah. So anyway, we have been read the riot act today. (laughs) We had a coworker who said to me, hey, can you send him exactly the questions you're going to ask? And I'm like, can I tell you the truth? And I tell this to every guest. I never know what I'm going to ask. That's true. It just happens. You are good at it, though. But it just happens. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see how it goes later on this morning. This could be a great interview. Or I could complete, uh, completely go down in flames. But that's, interesting. That's the risk we take. 8.05 this morning with the new Arkansas State head football coach, Butch Jones. 
So today again is uh, it's April the 14th. And as we look through days to celebrate, Kelly has so many things to celebrate today. <laughs> really? Yeah, because today is National Dolphin Day. Oh, I love dolphins. And at one time, I wanted to be a dolphin trainer. You know, like out of all the people that I know that love dolphins, uh, nobody loves dolphins more than Kelly because she Go has ahead. them etched into her skin. <laughs> That is true. Just I do have a dolphin. <laughs> I do have a dolphin tattoo. I'm one of those. Yes. Where is it? Brandon, you are such How many I can't say what you are. How many dolphins are there? There's two. All right. So they're circling each other? <laughs> I don't know if they're circling each other, but there's two and it, they happen to be on my back. Yes. Upper back? There's no reason I just wonder, you need to. I've never seen them, so I just want to ask. I, I need to know this. Uh, lower back. And everybody that's thinking it, go ahead and say it out loud. Is there a tribal C around it? No, there's not. a. T- <laughs> Is there a Celtic C around it? Did you get Goldberg's it? tattoo <laughs> with these dolphins in 1998? No, I did not. Do you mind if I tell Butch Jones to ease him in today that you have dolphin tattoos on your lower back? I would rather, well, th- you just told him, so thanks for that. Morning, coach. Oh my uh, also, today is, uh, na- well, how about this gosh. one? It's National Ex-Spouse Day. I'll be celebrating all day. Oh my gosh. She's been celebrating all year. It's also National Pecan Day, so lots to celebrate Man. as we go throughout the show this morning, but nobody's happier today than Kelly. <laughs> Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. So the year was 1989 and Keith Whitley had the number one song in country music on this day. I'm no stranger to the rain, but when I get that foggy feeling, what I'm feeling now, if I don't keep my head, I may drown, but it's hard to I'll even come out even oh, yeah. while the rain beats a hole in the ground on a rainy day. And tonight it's really coming down. We celebrate the rain. I'm no stranger to the rain, but there'll always be tomorrow. And I'll beg to steal a borrow a little sunshine. I'll put this cloud behind me That's how the man designed me To ride the wind and dance in the world king I'm no stranger to the rain Keith Whitley and I'm no stranger to the rain was number one on this day in 1989. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, Arkansas. Rain falling across the area. We're going to see that throughout the morning. Coming up here on the show this morning, right around 8.05, we talk to the brand-new A-State head football coach, Butch Jones. Mm -hmm. He's going to be on with us for the first time. And our team, our staff here at the radio station, is trying to make sure that we are on our best behavior today. Yeah. So to make sure of that, Kelly brought in two highly caffeinated drinks. (laughs) Just in case I don't have enough energy normally. We don't want to be overly energetic. We don't want to scare the guy. Yeah, I know. I've actually scared people before. It's his first chance with us. Okay. We've been told to make sure we are on the up and up. Okay. And again, as we mentioned, we're like, wait a minute. Do we normally do things that aren't good? <laughs> do we normally put people in bad positions? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. <clears throat> so we'll do our first chat with Coach Butch Jones coming up around 8.05 this morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry, well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas. Brandon Baxter in the mornings. Gotcha gossip. All right, gotcha gossip on Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. Rachel Green. Yep. Bring it on. Could she be any cuter? Oh, I don't think so. No one told you that was gonna be this way. Your job's a joke, you broke. Your love lives to your way. It's like you're always stuck in second gear When it hasn't been your day Your week, your month, or even your year But I'll be there for you Alright, so people have had rumors about her forever about wanting to have a baby about getting pregnant about adopting as long as i've known who jennifer aniston is it seems yep. like that's been in the forefront well people are going to just have to get used to the fact that jennifer aniston may never have a baby naturally or otherwise but for some reason we can't get over it because we've always wanted her to be that mom right yep, sure. well some european tabloids reported that jennifer is adopting a baby they claimed that she broke the news to her friends co-stars during the taping of their reunion special All right. So Jennifer's rep says the rumors are, quote, false and never happened. So there's that. Yeah, it just makes you wonder. Yeah. And like there comes a point where I think not only does your biological clock start ticking, I think maybe your mental clock like, hey, if I haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. And she said before, she feels like when the media focuses on her marital status and family status, she feels like that that diminishes everything that she's succeeded at and she's created just because they're worried about being that mother. But, you know, she's had to to, uh, have these questions fielded for a long time. So Jennifer Aniston right now is not going to adopt a baby. All right, got your gossip on Justin Bieber. And I'll be right here with you today. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh, yeah. I get my wood from California. That's that. So Justin is featured in the May issue of GQ magazine, right? And he starts talking about the issues he had where he was really unhappy. He said he still had the sense of yearning for more, even though he had all this success. And he looked at himself and he didn't understand it. He was like, why am I still sad? Why am I still in pain when I have all of this stuff, a life of excess, but I'm still not happy? And he said because of that, he turned to, well, some drugs, a number of different drugs that were basically numbing him. And it got so bad that his security guards, his security detail team would have to go in and check on him to see if he had a pulse in the middle of the night. So, and you know who that gives me the vision of Michael Jackson. Mm. If you remember the whole deal toward the end, you know, Uh, so they say that uh, Justin really had to work hard to get over some of the stuff that he was battling. And he credits his wife, Haley Baldwin Bieber uh, and his faith with being able to overcome his demons. You can find out more in the May issue of GQ magazine. Gotcha gossip on Olivia Rodrigo. So Olivia surprised fans by announcing her debut album entitled Sour. It's going to be released May 21st. She shared the art, the album artwork, which is this really cute picture of her, and she's sticking her tongue out. There's little stickers, butterflies, stars, flowers all over her face. Really cute. But there's going to be 11 songs on this album, including Olivia's breakthrough debut single, Driver's License. I Olivia's new album will also feature her current single called Deja Vu. So when you gonna tell her that we did that? 
Olivia Rodrigo, her debut album drops May 21st. And got you gossip on, this is going to be a weird one. Mick Jagger and Dave Grohl, right? You have the Rolling Stones and the Foo Fighters coming together on a song that Mick Jagger wrote. The song is called Easy Sleazy. And Mick wrote the song and it was all kind of written during the pandemic. And it's about quarantine and lockdown and people who have to go get vaccines and anti-vaxxers, all these different things. And I listened to it this morning and I was like, wait a minute. It's, it's very much timely. Um, can I play it for you? Yeah. Again, it's Mick Jagger and Dave Grohl. The song is called Easy Sleazy. Grohl's on the drums. Jagger on guitar. It's almost like an SNL skit to me a little bit. It's yeah. so random. So it's interesting. Just rocking out. Yeah, I mean, like TikTok stupid dance. He's just name dropping all the stuff that's kind of been big over the course yeah. of last year. Let me remind you, Mick Jagger is 77 years old. <laughs> oh so goodness. it's a new song. Mick Jagger and Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. You can check it out on YouTube this morning. It's definitely different. Definitely yeah. catchy. And it's one that when I started watching it and hearing it, I'm like, I can't turn this off. And I'm not sure why. <laughs> but of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we gotcha gossip. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So we talk a lot about our dogs. Do you have a dog who would be like a good spokes dog? Like for a um, brand? No. So you don't have like a Lassie or a Spuds <laughs> McKenzie or anything like that? No. Are there any other really well-known dogs that were like brand ambassadors? Benji. Oh, well, never mind. Benji was a movie dog. Yeah. He was a big deal. I saw Benji in person one time. Really? They were filming a movie as we drove through downtown Plano, Texas, and we saw the Benji dog. And I wanted to stop and see if I could have a meet and greet with the dog, but my mother (laughs) thought that wasn't the best idea. That would have been cool. She didn't know how meet and greets with the dog would go. Yeah. I'd like to meet that dog. I want to meet Benji. (laughs) Um, What did Spuds McKenzie do? Um, what's what, his brand? Wasn't it uh, go Spud, go Spud McKenzie? Uh, was it Budweiser? Was it beer? Bud? Yeah. Okay. I think it was beer. Bud and Spud? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, I don't know. <laughs> Why does that seem like that <laughs> sounds like it's not right? I don't know. I think it is right. I think Spuds it is McKenzie. Spuds McKenzie was uh, because I wanted a Spuds McKenzie um, stuffed animal. Yeah. And I couldn't have one because it represented Beer. Oh, okay. So maybe it really yeah. did. I did have one 
And I remember going to the State Fair of Texas because I grew up in Texas, uh, again, in Plano, which is right near Dallas. And I remember my grandmother would take me to the Texas State Fair every year. And it was right outside of the Cotton Bowl. And one of the big appearances at the fair that year was the dog, Spuds McKenzie. Yeah. I didn't get to meet Spuds either. (laughs) So I I had close encounters with Spuds McKenzie and Benji and didn't meet either of them. But Bush, Anheuser-Busch, has a deal going on right now where they're looking for the next dog to become like a spokesperson for Bush beer. Hmm. So what they're looking for is what they call a CTO, which is the chief tasting officer of their new non-alcoholic beer for dogs. What? So not only is it non-alcoholic beer, this is non-alcoholic beer formulated for your dog. So if you think you have a dog that fits and like might be a good, you know, bush beer looking dog, <laughs> they're saying that they're going to pay the dog 20,000 bucks to do the job. Wow. Like I've totally missed a boat with I, my dogs. I, I think so. They cost me money. Here we can go profit off of our dogs. They say, if you want to do this and see if your dog could be in the running for that, all you have to do is tweet a picture of your dog and their qualifications for why they would be a good Bush beer dog. You can tweet that to Anheuser-Busch by the 28th of April. So you have two weeks from today to get that in. But again, it's the CTO, the chief tasting officer for Bush beer. They're looking for your dog. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, so we always like to give you things you can celebrate today. And y'all, today is National Ex-Spouse Day. So, lots to celebrate for some people that we know. All my exes live in Texas. Aren't you from Plano? Uh, what? Hang on, turn this off. <laughs> Texas is a place I dearly love to be. I've told you back then I had no but girlfriends all- I don't think I was allowed to have a girlfriend in the state of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. I, re- I really was a little bit as uh, pitiful, pathetic mm-hmm. is kind of how I would describe. And now look at you. Oh, yeah. Super achiever at this point. Right, Kelly? Anyway, National Ex-Spouse Day. celebration song for some people uh 17 of people say divorced uh 17 of divorced people say that their ex got on their nerves and that's the reason for divorce which i would think that number would be significantly higher than 17 percent. but for just getting on your nerves yeah but there's different things people can do they get on people's nerves oh. and i thought i'd run through the list and we'll see if any of these uh as i said the other day and you questioned me tick any of the boxes okay yeah or check, check any of the boxes whichever way you want to say it so uh the most annoying things ex-husbands and ex-wives do okay all right and for those of you who you, who maybe you don't have an ex maybe you're on your first marriage <laughs> many of these things will still ring true you just haven't acted yet yeah or and maybe you never that sounded bad <laughs> that did sound bad right like you're gonna act yeah we don't want you to act. No, I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. So so maybe these are just things you will deal with yeah. throughout your long marriage. Correct. Tumultuous marriage. Yeah, yes. Okay, the most annoying things ex-husbands and ex-wives did, and this is according to people who have gone through divorces as we celebrate ex-spouse day today. Uh, the number one thing is they had selective hearing. They hmm. only heard certain things, hmm. and sometimes they only heard the negative things. They didn't hear the things that uh, that basically could be attributed back to them, maybe in some hmm. cases. Selective hearing. Okay. 
Is your husband guilty at times of selective hearing? 200%. Yeah, my wife is as well. And Uh, see, I'm such a good listener. I hear everything. No, I'm with you a lot. You're a selective hearer as well. Sorry. This is our work marriage. (laughs) Uh, Okay, another annoying habit of ex-husbands and ex-wives, and this is one that I kind of feel bad about. If anybody ever divorced somebody over this, it's probably not really great uh, grounds for divorce. Okay. Snoring. That's rude. Like they can't, can't help that. They can't help it if they snore. Now, they could help it if they smack. Like uh, I don't know how to eat. Correct. Yes. That's like divorce material. Other things that could be the annoying habits. Somebody who is a control freak. Mm. Can you see that? Yep. Somebody who wants to always be in control, who wants to know what's happening, yeah. who wants to be in charge, mm-hmm. who wants to be the dominant leader of the relationship. And that could be a male. A lot of people would think it's a male, but sometimes it can be a female as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Other things annoying are being irresponsible with money. What? (laughs) And also avoiding chores around the house, which is probably more the guys who find ways to skip out on that. Right. Would you say that again out loud? Um, Normally, it's women who skip Uh out on the chores uh around the house is what I said. Women, you hear me. Y'all know. Y'all know we're we're the we claim. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but we do other things. We do other. So things. do we. No, listen. Don't this is you not get a, me in a. This is not an tizzy. argument. Why are you getting in an argument with me about this? Mm. Who it's is what we do? Who is right more often in your relationship, you or your husband? Um, gosh, you know what? My husband is always right. See, that's a good wife mm-hmm. right there. That's what good wives do. He knows I'm lying. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. 33-year-old Kellen of New Orleans checked her Charles Schwab investment uh, account in February and found $1.2 million in there. Dang! They'd meant to deposit $82, but gave her $1.2 million by mistake. Oh, my goodness. Well, Kellen works at the sheriff's department, so she probably should, should have known to report it, but she didn't. Instead, she quickly transferred all of the money into a different account and used it to buy a house and a car. The right. car was a Hyundai Genesis. Well, eventually Charles Schwab uh, figured out what was happening to the money, but when Kellen kept dodging them and ignoring their calls and messages, they had to get the police involved. Well, she had spent the money on Right. Well, Kellen was arrested last week for theft, bank fraud, and illegal transmission of monetary funds. But it was in the account. It's like, I thought that was mine. I thought I really had a good investment. Right. I know. Well, a spokesperson from the sheriff's department where she works says, quote, she had no legal claim to the money, even if it was put in there by mistake. Stake. It was an accounting error. But speaking huh. of a million dollars falling into your lap, a wife says to her husband, suppose you hit a jackpot of $1 million in a lottery, and the same day, someone kidnaps me and demands ransom for $1 million. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Well, without hesitation, her husband a- answered, I doubt if I can hit two jackpots in one day. <laughs> <laughs> and there's even more oh, proof wow. that people are crazy. <laughs> It's National Ex-Spouse Day right there, y'all. Brandon Baxter in the morning. I'm starting to get a little bit anxious, a little bit. And I hate to admit that, but coming up in like 45 minutes, we're going to have the new Arkansas State head football coach on with us, Mm -hmm. Butch Jones, for the first time he's going to be on with us. And our staff at the radio station, our management team, is putting all this pressure on us to be perfect. Well, and we've heard he's a great guy and he's super nice, but our people are acting like we're really going to mess something up. 
Yeah, like we're going to mess up an entire relationship. Yeah. Like leave it to us to do that. But that puts the pressure on me to be extra good. It it's really does. It's kind of like if, if your grandparents want to take you to their church, which is really quiet on a Sunday morning. And no matter how hard you're trying to be good, you're uh-huh. going to drop something or cough or sneeze or make some noises. Yes. And now I have that fear with Butch Jones. Yeah, I know. I don't want to be scared of Butch Jones. I know. I don't want to be intimidated. We shouldn't. But here we go. Yeah. That's what our staff is trying to do. Don't do anything. <laughs> don't do anything that would uh, upset him. We're like, what do we do that upsets anybody? Right. I know. We are the nicest people. That's true. So anyway, <clears throat> Butch Jones, he's going to be on around 8.05. Today's our first chance to kind of chat with him and talk about A-State football. There's a spring game coming up this weekend at Centennial Bank Stadium, 2 o'clock, and we get to see the team. And, and there's changes in the team. There's uh, some different stuff going on with the team. Even their practices look different under a new head coach. I'm hearing great things about the way the team is looking, so I want to talk to him about that. But I also, as important, is I want to get to know Butch Jones. Yeah. Like, why should we love this guy? Right. So we're going to have him on around 8.05 this morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy yeah. Happy birthday to you. Uh, happy birthday. Here. Happy birthday. Boy. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, April the 14th of 2021. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Misty Miller, who celebrates today. Amanda Nelson of Maynard turns 17. Kenny Wilkinson. Happy birthday. Andrew Reeves is celebrating. Phyllis Champion Cox of Jonesboro celebrates today. Matt Sorrow of Paragool. Happy birthday. Victoria White from Jonesboro. And Sadie Rapp of Piggott is turning seven. And if you have a birthday today... We say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Abigail Breslin is 25. She was the cute little girl from Signs and also in Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, like the redheaded girl? Does she have red hair? I don't think so. No? No. Just kidding. Different girl? Yeah, different girl. Are you sure? Yes. Are you telling me no? I I am telling you no. I'm not going to say I'm not wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong. Okay, go ahead. Okay. We'll he's, check. Look, he's I'm gonna, over there. No, I'm going to check him. on that because right. I think I'm right. Okay. Happy birthday to Sarah Michelle Geller, who is 44. You know her from as Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Cruel Intentions. Yeah, I know her from uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer as well. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller, happy birthday. Married to Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, she's 44. Adrian Brody is 48. He's been on King Kong, Predators, and one of your favorite movies, The Pianist. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Anderson Silva is 46. He's a UFC legend. Anthony Michael Hall is 53. Of course, he's been in, I feel like, every 80s movie there's ever been. Okay. He's been in um, 16 Candles, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club. Oh, The Breakfast Club? Like this one? Yes. Forget about me. Don't, 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 don't you. All right. He was also rusty in uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. He was rusty? Come on, Russ. Anthony Michael Hall? One of my favorite movies ever. 
National Lampoon's Vacation. It's a good one. The Station Wagon. <laughs> Christy Brinkley. Uh, yeah, that's it. that movie you know of course the original vacation and christmas vacation still hold up i know they still hold up today i think happy birthday today to brad garrett who is 61 that's robert barone on everybody loves raymond happy birthday today to pete rose who is 80 baseball legend and wwe hall of famer i actually got to meet him as well he's really nice he is nice Mm -hmm. he's in the celebrity wing of the wwe hall of fame because at different events kane the big red machine would come out and choke slam Pete Rose or oh, give him like the tombstone yeah. pile driver. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty cool. And happy birthday today to Loretta Lynn, who is 89. Yeah, I'm proud to be a coal miner's daughter. I remember well the well where I drew water. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Ooh. Loretta Lynn, <laughs> who turns 89 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So there's good news out there for fans of White Claw. They're about to release some new White Claw. Mm. Uh, It's called a Surge. And Kelly, there's more of it. It's a 16-ounce can, and it has 8% alcohol by volume. Surge. So here's what the normal one is, and you can tell the difference. Like the normal White Claw is 12 ounces compared to the new 16-ounce. And the normal White Claw, which you might have had before, has 5% alcohol compared to the new Surge, which will have 8. Wow. I wonder if the calories, what about the calories? Does it say that? I don't think we're worried about the calories. Well, I mean, that's just the next (laughs) thing I would ask. The new flavors for the Surge are going to start off with cranberry and blood orange. Hmm. So there you go. New White Claw headed to you. Of course, White Claw gets a name drop in the new Cole Swindell song, Single Saturday Nights. Sitting over in the corner, baby, I saw pretty red lips working on a that's good, right? Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Like if I were, let's just pretend this is back in the day, right? Uh, let's just pretend White Claw was around and I was like doing a club remote. And I'm like, yeah, here I am. And instead of holding like a Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light in my hand, mm-hmm. I was drinking a White Claw. What is the reaction going to be from the girls? Uh, they would probably giggle a little bit. Is that like in the day when I said, hey, get me a Zima and a Jolly Rancher? A hundred percent. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday morning, the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. We're joined this morning by Brandy Hodges of the Jonesboro Public Library. Brandy, good morning and welcome to a rainy early start to your day. How are you this morning? I am wonderful this morning. Hey, we were kind of prepping to have the chance to talk to you, and we were like, what could we play that would kind of fit with Brandy Hodges and the public library? Tell me if we found the perfect song for you today. And see if you remember this one. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. What do you think, Brandy? Did we get the right thing right there? <laughs> Absolutely. I grew, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up watching Reading Rainbow. Us so. too. Yeah. No, great memories of that. So my shows were, I loved that show, Reading Rainbow. I loved The Muppet Babies Uh and Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. 
So, hey, we wanted to check in with you because, you know, we talk a lot about, um, you know, the different programming you offer with the Jonesboro Public Library. We've heard about mask mandates being lifted across the state. So we just wanted to touch base with you and kind of see what is the status uh, of the library system right now as we're looking at it in April of 2021. So it's much like it was before. We um, still require masks um, at the library. Um, we still um, have the different um, plexiglass in place. We actually have a little bit more plexiglass in place. When you come to our children's library, our adult services library, you're going to see those discs surrounded. If you come to use one of our public computers, each of the public computers has plexiglass around it to just protect um, those individuals who come into our building to use our different facilities. So it is um, much like it was before um, this past year. We've just learned to um, adapt to our new reality um, because our goal is to not only protect our staff members, but to keep you and your family. If you come to see us, we want you to be safe too. So it's interesting, you know, the mask mandate was lifted. Some people want to go around without the mask and, you know, I guess it's, it's legally okay. And it probably was legally okay before, even though it was requested that you wear them. But if people show up at the library, are you guys saying, hey, please have your mask with you? Yes. And if you don't have one with you, don't worry, because I buy masks on the regular. So we'll have one there at the front door. We just ask that you wear it as long as you're in our building. Um, we also will ask you to make sure your mouth and nose are both covered by the mask. Um, it, when we come across someone who doesn't have their mouth and nose covered, we'll say, hey, if you don't mind just lifting that up, we'd really appreciate it. Because you can use our, our some of our study rooms, you can use our computers, you can browse the books, and there are no appointment times or anything at our Craighead County Jonesboro Public Library. But if you visit, because you can as of this past Monday, any of our eight branch locations, that is by appointment only. So we have eight branches, including our Brooklyn branch, who that has never been open to the public oh, since wow. we opened it a midsummer last year. So that branch has been open for curbside pickup, like all of our branches have been for the past about a year. However, that one is now being seen by the public for the first time because we did curbside, but that means you didn't come in the building. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about people who, when you do curbside at the library, what are people picking up? Are they able to go online and just pick, like select some books that they want, or is it projects that you guys are doing, or is it kind of all-encompassing? It's kind of all-encompassing. So with our branch libraries, they aren't doing any side projects because they're a one-person show. Mm -hmm. um, but they have been doing um, curbside pickup. And what that means is you have a library card. You can go online. You can um, search for books or movies or CDs, anything that you're interested in checking out. Just when you request the material, make sure you're choosing the branch that's closest to you. So if you live near Caraway, make sure you're choosing the Caraway Public Library. And um, those branch libraries are still doing curbside pickup. So if you, maybe you still don't feel comfortable going physically into the building. I know that our numbers at our library here in Jonesboro aren't the same as they were in the past. Mm -hmm. We don't have the same number of people coming in through our doors. And we understand that. Um, but that's why we're still doing that curbside pickup. So if you feel more comfortable, or maybe you just have more time to do a curbside pickup, you can just put those items on hold. When we have them ready, we'll give you a call and book a time and a date for you to come by and pick them up. Again, Brandy Hodges on with us this morning from the Jonesboro Public Library. 
Hey, there's a book sale coming up. Can you tell us kind of what's happening with the upcoming book sale? So our Friends of the Library bookshop is usually open all the time. If the library is open, it's usually open. But due to COVID-19, that had to shut its doors last year. But we still have a lot of great books that need to find new homes. So we have a one-month, once-a-month sale. It's the third Sunday of each month. This Sunday, the 18th, is going to be our um, April sale, and it's going to be all about specialized fiction. What does that mean? That's like sci-fi and westerns and Christian fiction and large print. So anything that is that's another title in front of the fiction, basically. Um, we're going to have that at the book sale, and it's $2 for a bag of books. Oh, wow. So it's a library blue bag that you get when you come check out books, and it's as many things as you can cram into that bag. So I have seen people really Tetris hard to get as many things in these bags as they can. (laughs) It is by appointment only, so if you're interested in booking an appointment, all you have to do is give us a call. It's 935-5133. We have appointments available from 2 until 4.30. The sale is 1 to 4.30, but those early spots book up pretty quickly. Gotcha. So again, you can find out more about everything that happens uh, when you go to libraryinjonesboro.com to find out more about all the different stuff. Actually, it's uh, libraryinjonesboro.org to find out more about everything that's happening. Again, uh, the branches are reopening by appointment only and the book sale happening on Sunday. And Brandy, as always, we appreciate you waking up and getting going early with us. Thank you so much. All right, have a great morning. Brandy Hodges from the Jonesboro Public Library is on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, Arkansas. The K-Fine Breakfast Club is on today, all powered by our friends at Families Inc. Counseling Services. We have Amanda Emerson on with us talking about the Hope House and a virtual benefit concert, which happens one week from tomorrow. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Uh, we're doing good. You know, we uh, let me let me ask you a question. You mind if I get personal with you for a second? Amanda, oh, I'm sorry. I apologize ahead of time for whatever he asks. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask her. We have an interview coming up in a oh. little bit with the Arkansas State, uh, the new A-State head football coach, Butch Jones. And in doing that, we've been told to be on our best behavior. So I wanted to ask you, as somebody who is a guest on this show and you've been on before, are we nerve-wracking to talk to before we call? Oh, absolutely not. Bam. Yes. Right there, the answer See? we wanted. So anyway, so Coach Butch Jones has nothing to worry about with us, right? No, not at all. All right. So that's coming up at 8.05 this morning. (laughs) Hey, we want to talk to you about this concert, though, because uh, Hope House, and we've learned more about this with you over the course of uh, the last number of months. You guys have an event coming up one week from tomorrow, a virtual concert all about Hope House. And for people who maybe are just now hearing about Hope House or maybe uh, they want to kind of know the vision behind what's going on there. Tell us what Hope House is and and why we as a community should come together to help. So Hope House is going to be a a place for our unhoused community members to be able to get some of their basic needs met. So they're going to be able to take showers, do laundry, um, get hygiene products, clothing, be able to use computers to get the resources that they need, you know, to take the next steps. Um, Also, you know, towards the evening hours, it's going to be a place where Kids can go and get tutoring and mentorship and also get the resources that they need. So we're really trying to reach out to the community and help in any way that we can. So we, you know, we see people and it seems like over the course of the last number of years, we've seen more people who are in need, more people who are, you know, on the streets and 
when we see that, you know, you hear about the stories in, in California, in Los Angeles, there's rows of tents of people that are lined up that have nowhere to go. Uh, and we think about, okay, that's kind of foreign, that's California, that's way out there. But this happens locally and regionally as well. Oh, absolutely. You have people that, you know, have parked cars all around downtown Jonesboro and things that are sleeping in their vehicles and they're working, but they're not making enough to kind of substitute for that um, in the meantime. And so we're really just trying to help them get on their feet and get the resources and things that they need to be able to take those steps. Do you think there's a misconception that, you know, sometimes if we see somebody who might be on the streets, who might be in need, who might not have a home, you think the misconception is is that they don't want to do better when in actuality the reality is they want to do a lot better, right? Oh, absolutely. And we've helped several individuals in the community get on their feet and they want to work and we've helped them get jobs and they worked and they got uh, their own apartments and have been very, very successful from that. Sometimes it just you just need that extra helping hand to get you there. So the status of, you know, we've talked about uh, an old building that was kind of housed to try to help and how it really didn't meet the current needs of, of 2021 and the number of people and all that. What's the status of what's happening on the property with uh, Hope House? Yes. Yeah, so the, the status of that building is the foundation ended up being faulty. And so we tore the building down a few weeks ago before the ice storm. And now uh, the plans have been approved or about to be approved from the city. And we are planning on rebuilding in the next couple of weeks. And that building, we are hoping, will be done by the end of August. Oh, wow. That's quick. Mm -hmm. So the virtual event, this virtual event that you all have scheduled is coming up one week from tomorrow, 7 until 9 o'clock on April the 22nd. Tell us who who all is going to be a part of this virtual benefit concert. Oh, well, we have a lot of wonderful local talents. Um, Corey Jackson, uh, the Weavers. James Hoover, Nancy Owens, Lauren Richmond, Adria Hyde, and that's just to name a few. So they've all reached out, and uh, we're excited about that. It's going to be filmed at the Recovery Room downtown. Oh, wow. And with this event, you know, we're going to have uh, the artists be able to, we're going to have little interviews and things with them on Facebook Live as well. So, so it's going to be a Facebook event on Thursday, April 22nd. Yes. Tickets are going to be $20. Um, all benefits are going to go to the Hope House for different hygiene products, blankets, anything that's going to be needed um, for the community. What if there's somebody listening right now who's thinking to themselves, hey, I've been on uh, you know tough times before, hard times have hit me or somebody I know, and I want to give in a bigger way than just a $20 ticket. Is there a way that people can contribute? I'm sure it's tax deductible, but is there a way they can uh, maybe give corporately or, or as individuals who want to do more? Oh, absolutely. And it is tax deductible. Um, if they want, they can reach out to me on on through the Facebook at Hope House in Jonesboro, or uh, we have Cash App, which is dollar sign Fisher Street Family. We have the checks can go to the Fisher Street Church of God in Christ, um, or they can email me at Amanda Sue Emerson at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to give any tax deductible receipts that is needed. A lot of people love to go on Facebook and try to get an idea of what's happening. Is there a Facebook page they can go to to find out more about Hope House? Absolutely, and that's where you could go to buy the tickets. So it's at Hope House in Jonesboro. There you go. Amanda Emerson joins us. And again, the virtual uh, benefit concert happens one week from tomorrow. It's April the 22nd from 7 until 9 on Facebook. And, hey, we we know you guys are doing a lot of hard work to help people in this community, and we appreciate that. And we're happy to be able to spread the word about the Hope House. 
And we really appreciate all of you. So thank you so much for everything that everyone has done. Have a great morning, Amanda. Thanks, you too. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families Inc. Counseling Services. We have Tara Thomason on the phone with us this morning. We're talking A-State, the Alumni Association, and Giving Tuesday, which is coming up on the 27th. Tara, good morning. How are you? Good Good morning. How are y'all? Hey, good. we're good. Where are you this morning? Good. I, where I'm in the Jones world today. Okay. Are um, you, are you yeah. driving through yeah. the rain or are you at home? I'm, I'm driving in the rain. Yeah, pulled over. All right, there you go. Yeah. Be very careful. Yeah. Hey, we talked to Coach Butch Jones coming up in just uh, about 10 minutes or so. Should we be nervous? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, from, you know, he, he did our lunch and learn not too long ago, and I was really impressed with how he connects with young people. Um, you know, he has, I think, some teenagers himself and some young guys and his family, so he seems like one of those guys that you would want to have around your kids and, Sweet. you know, kind of directing them and making life decisions. It's, you know, not just all about football, but about making good choices in life. So I, I don't, I wouldn't be too worried with him See, unless fine. you're going to be on the team. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't much of a chance of that happening. Uh, no, but it's kind of crazy because I don't know if he's nervous, but our team, like the radio team is nervous that we might say the wrong thing with the new coach. And they want to make sure that, you know, especially Kelly and I, that we get off on the right foot with the new coach. Okay. I would just say go Red Bulls. There you go. I mean, Boom. Wouldn't yeah. that be a great start? I think yes. so. Hey, Tara, let me hear you howl. No. Why would you do that to her? He does that to me all the time. Because <laughs> it makes you feel bad. Up, I know. He, he, you never know. You never know What's when he's going to do that. that? Well, it's like My we were... howling voice has to wake up. Oh, Hang on, Tara. Up. Hey. Let me hear you howl, Brandon. Okay, I'm going to try it. Ready? Oh. Did my voice crack right yeah, in the middle of that? That so, was great, though. Yeah. I'm impressed. See, and, and I think the deal is they were asking us, like, hey, what questions are you going to ask the coach? And and literally, like, when we're talking to you, and you know this from firsthand experience, we have no idea we what we're going to talk know. about. <laughs> no, not at all. And, you know, um, I started listening to a podcast recently of three guys and two of the Two of the hosts don't know who the third one's going to bring on. Yeah. And so they don't know what to ask them. And and I think that's a fascinating concept. See, I like that. I say just roll with it. Yeah, and I think then we figure out more about the people. I was talking in a text conversation with Kelly Danfus, the chancellor at Arkansas State. And I'm like, you know, our deal is we just want to get to know whoever we're talking to as people. And we want our audience to connect to them as people and then know why – you know, we should feel connected as a group. And one of the reasons we want to talk to you uh, about the Arkansas State Day of Giving is because this is all about helping people who are involved with Arkansas State. And especially as I, as, as I look at some of the details, it's about helping students who want to be at Arkansas State that in some ways might struggle. Absolutely. And I think that's a perfect example and a perfect segue. I mean, oftentimes you think of Arkansas State University as this great big entity in Jonesboro that does amazing things. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember that there are people that we are serving. You know, we are trying to grow students in their own personal walk in life. And this is the opportunity for those that care about students. If you care about our future, if you care about who's going to be your accountant and who's going to be your lawyer and who's going to be, you know, the person that's going to take care of you um, in the future, then this this is what this is for. So um, I'm really excited. This is our first ever day of giving 
for the university to this magnitude. So oh, wow. um, I'm just thrilled with the opportunity for us to be able to help our students. These are tangible ways that alumni, that friends, that parents, students, whomever can, you know, kind of participate together on this one day, collective day together. You know, some people get to go through college on like a scholarship and they get most of it paid for. Some people get a full ride, but there's other people who want the education, who want to go to school, but might not have, you know, great financial backing because of family situations or whatever, but they still want the education because they want to better their life. And I think that's such an interesting thing that you, you see that that's real. Hey, people want to go to school. Some people can't afford to go to school. And on a day like this, a day of giving, we can help some of those people. Absolutely. You know, I'm in charge of our License to How program, which is where we sell the scholarship or the, the license plate that supports scholarships. So once a year, my favorite time of the year is when I get to go and hand deliver those scholarships to students and they're able to, you know, realize, oh, my goodness, my dreams are coming true. I cannot tell you how many tears I've seen shed, how many parents that have celebrated, maybe counselors and principals that, that knew that, you know, they had some great kids on their campus that wanted to pursue their dreams, but, you know, financially it was going to be difficult. I'm one of those students, you know, I received a few very small scholarships. Not, I mean, I didn't have the highest ACT or the highest GPA, but um, I had to get student loans. And I'm thankful for those student loans because I'm a, I was able to obtain a degree in, in actually in radio television. Come on. Um, <laughs> in, in broadcast journalism. That's where my background or where my first part of life started. And I'm thankful for the student loans because – I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, I was from a middle-class family. We fell between the cracks of getting financial assistance. And so, you know, I just worked really hard myself to go to school. And I I value my education. And I'm not sure, you know, everyone feels that way. But um, I know I wouldn't be where I am today without it. So I'm so thankful to be an, an Arkansas State grad myself. Well, and that's where the Alumni Association does so many great things uh, to get people back involved with Arkansas State, because for people who have been gone for a minute, when they come back and they see all the changes and, and see the growth and they want to stay connected and be a part of the Red Wolves and the pack and the family and stuff like that, I think that's awesome. But for this day of giving that's going to be coming up on the 27th, how can people who are hearing us this morning, either live on the radio, on the podcast, how can they help? Maybe it's an A-State alumni. Maybe it's somebody who had somebody who was there to help them when they were going through school. How can we help with the day of giving? Absolutely. So we have a website and it's housed on and actually connected to our astatealumni.org site, but then there's backslash give to the number A-State, give to A-State. And so we would ask that anyone, whether you're an alum or a fan or you just care about helping um, students, that you would share the information about the actual day of, that you would, we have lots of graphics on our website. We have a, a toolkit so you could download some really cool um, images. We have how, you know, people say GIF, GIF. Uh, the, the jury's still out on yeah. what you call it. I call it a GIF, but we have a couple of how GIFs where he's, you know, active and, and fun things that you can post on social media. So, number one, we ask people to share about our event. On April 27th, we're going to collectively try to raise money for scholarships for um, if, if they were involved in band and they want to support the band or they're involved in um wanting to help with the food pantry. You know, we have a food pantry on campus that supports our students. They want to help with a student emergency fund. If they have an affiliation, if, if they have great warm experiences from their time when they were a student in their college, you know, we're, we're raising money for the individual colleges as well 
Um, I have a friend that was a, my physical science teacher in Forest City back when I was in junior high last, uh, you know, a few years ago. <laughs> she called yesterday and she said, I want to send a check to my college, you know, where I graduated oh, wow. from. Um, can I do that? I was like, absolutely. Like, that's, that's what we hope is that people get excited and they understand, yes, we are a business, but we are in the business of educating young people and growing them to help be the future. And and so our, kind of our tagline is our university, um, our future. And so I hope that people will really just understand, you know, yes, it is. Uh, we are raising funds, but it is there are tangible ways that they can be directly involved in making an impact on a young person's life. And again, people can find out more if you go to astatealumni.org. The information is there. And Tara, we wish you the slash best of give luck. To oh, go, go ahead one more time. Yeah, slash give to A-State. There you go. Uh, Tara Thomason joins us on the show this morning. Hey, and we appreciate your time and best of luck with the day of giving. Thank you so much. I'm grateful for what you do in the community to help us kind of spread the word. So if anybody has any questions, have them, you know, feel free to reach out. We would love to have their involvement. All right, there you go. Tara Thomas, and have a great morning, okay? Thanks, you too. Brandon Baxter in the morning. This is Arkansas's morning show, and this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. And Kelly, it's the moment that we have anticipated all morning. (laughs) The moment that our staff has uh, warned us about. Take a deep breath. They want us to be on our best behavior for our very first interview with the new Arkansas State head football coach, Coach Butch Jones, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm doing great, and you know I've I've been uh, warned about you two in the oh, morning, so oh, I'm man. ready to go. I had to get up and make sure I got my A game on this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so funny because uh, we've had like I've heard great things about you and and what you're doing out there with uh, A State football and the way that you kind of came in and got acclimated with everybody. But our staff here was like, you know, this is a big deal. Like he's a big time coach. 1.1 million followers on Twitter. Please don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I've been I've been excited and been looking forward to talking to you guys, and and I've heard a lot of great things, and so I'm fired up to have the opportunity this morning. You know, when we got the news that uh, you decided to take this job at Arkansas State, everybody was like, "Wait a minute, we're getting Coach mm-hmm. Butch Jones to come to Arkansas State University." That was a big deal, and the great thing about this community, and I think you've probably realized that already, A-State football is a big part of Northeast Arkansas, the fabric of Northeast Arkansas. What made you look at this opportunity with Arkansas State and say, hey, this is something I think there's there's something I can grab onto. Why was this the job that you wanted? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, I'm every bit as excited to be here, and I pinch myself every day that, I'm the head football coach at Arkansas State. And the great thing about being a head football coach is you get to paint the vision. You get to paint the vision for everything that your program's going to stand for, from you know how they, how they play, their style of play, to how they are and their involvement in the community. You know How are they in the classroom and academic excellence? You get to paint the vision for all that. And that's the exciting thing. And obviously, you know, I had a great, great job at the University of Alabama. And, uh, you know, Coach Sabe and I are extremely close. And I had a checklist. And I had a checklist for the, the right situation that not only was right for me, but was right for my family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is, you know, when you get older, it's where do you want to live? Right. You know, where do you want your children to go to school? 
What type of environment do you want them to be part of? But really, the other thing with that is commitment, commitment to winning. Is there a commitment to winning and doing things the right way? And, you know, I've always followed this program from afar. And, uh, you know, we have a tremendous administration uh, led by Kelly Dampus. And then obviously Tom Bowen, our new director of athletics, who shares the same vision, passion, and it's all about, you know, how can we be the best version of ourselves every day? And that's kind of a, a driving mindset. And sometimes people chuckle when I say, you know, we're building the best college football program in America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really, truly believe that. That's a mindset. It's where we're at. You know, I expect Centennial Bank Stadium to be sold out for our home games. Why would you not? You live in Jonesboro. You know, it's like I talk a lot of our student body, and I talked about a pride of who we are. You go to Arkansas State. That's the, the you know, the, the, the clothing that you should be wearing. You should never wear another school's colors. It's just a mindset, and it's a belief. And, uh, you know, and our kids here have been remarkable. Uh, they've really, really taken great pride of who we are and what they represent. So I know that's a long-winded uh, answer to your question, but I kind of get fired up when I talk about the vision and, and what we're building here at A-State. It's one of the things we've heard about what you're doing with the team. And again, we have Arkansas State head football coach Butch Jones on with us this morning. I had the chance to go to an event a couple of weeks ago. I went hunting with Tom Bowen, Kelly Danfus, and Ryan Applin. And I was asking about you. I wanted to know more about Butch Jones, the person, and more about Butch Jones, the coach. And I was sitting there with Ryan Applin, and he was talking to us about some of the things that when you got here, uh, you know, there was a lot of great stuff that had happened under Coach Anderson. And and when a new coach comes in, you you take what you can from that coach and you spin it off in your own direction. And I've heard a lot of talk about how practice is different for Arkansas State football. And one of the things that's been mentioned is uh, the music isn't necessarily blaring through Centennial Bank Stadium. Give me the vision behind uh, what practice looks like right now uh, for these players for A-State football. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, in the past, I always had music uh, at practice. And, uh, you know, being at Alabama for three years, it really kind of changed my mindset and my focus. And, you know, it's a business-like approach. Uh, It's energy, it's excitement. And if you need music to create energy excitement, well, then, you know, then there's something missing from your football program. And so, you know, I like to hear the communication, the excitement of the coaches, the players, everyone involved. And it's kind of a way of life. And it's it's a workmanlike approach, uh, but you can really feed off the energy of each other. And, you know, it goes, when we go on the road, uh, we're responsible for creating our own momentum, mm-hmm. just like when we go out to practice. So, you know, you shouldn't need any false bravado or anything to get you ready to go. You know, if you have a love and a passion for what you're doing football-wise, uh, you should be ready to go. So it's just kind of a business-like approach. And, you know, being in that other program for the last three years, I saw a whole nother side to that. And, uh, you know, I took that. That's one of the things I took and said, you know what, um, that's going to stick with me forever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we've had to train our players how to practice, the mindset, um, you know, the, the, the duration of practice, you know, kind of how do you condition your mind? How do you have a snap and clear mentality? And, uh, you know, making sure that they understand this summer is going to be big for them getting in shape. 
and the expectations within our program, the fundamentals, the details, and just the overall pace of practice. There's never any standing around. We run from drill to drill, Mm -hmm. and you have to lock in, and you have to focus on the next task at hand, and just an overall capacity for work on a daily basis, and this is all brand new to them. And then, you know, we've been practicing Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, but Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we have to get much stronger and more explosive as a football program, so we're still lifting as well. Mm -hmm. And then your meeting time comes in, too. So we've asked a lot of these kids, but I tell you what, the players in our program have really done a very good job to date. Coach Butch Jones on with us this morning. One of the drills I heard uh, that was kind of talked about was, and I thought this was really interesting, is, uh, you know, toward the end of practice, guys are starting to get fatigued. They've been practicing hard, and they've been giving it their all. They're trying to win their position. They're trying to to win over their coach and, and you specifically. Uh, but toward the end of practice, you go into a deal where you're really wanting to see who has that little extra because a lot of times the mind will quit before the body quits. And I've heard that you're getting into this this deal like pretend like it's the fourth quarter and there's two minutes to go and we got to go down and win this game. Who has the energy and the mindset to do that? Let's talk about uh, kind of that mindset as you're getting them ready for those situations because this is something that, uh, from what I've understood, the team had never really experienced before is pushing through when they think they've come to exhaustion. Well, you have to, and that's kind of the mindset and really that, you know, that was born in the infant stages when we got here in terms of our, our winter strength and conditioning program. And we went into the last phase prior to spring ball, which is called our fourth quarter program. And it's, you know, it's everything that we stand for, our style of play. You know, you have to train individuals how to play football in terms of effort. The average football play lasts four to six seconds long. And so in our program, we talk of how do we define effort? It's four to six. A to B. It's playing as hard as you can for four to six seconds and going from point A to point B. And that's how we define effort. And we grade effort in every practice. We grade effort on every snap during a scrimmage. And so it's just that mindset that we talk about. It's the standard. It's the expectations. And then, yes, you know, the ability to to win in the two-minute drill. And, you know, from a defensive lineman, you know, you have to learn how to think strategically when you're tired, you know, and you have to, you know, you're always going to revert back to your training. So, you know, we're coaching the mind and the mindset and the mental toughness as much as the physical toughness. And we talk to our kids about all the time, you know, the game of football is an attrition game. You wear your opponent out two ways. You wear them out psychologically and you wear them out physically. And so you have to train that way and you have to embrace the way you train every single day to be able to perform that and do that on game day. You mentioned Alabama and Nick Saban. You had the chance to be there and obviously we saw what they did with the national championship. As you come to Arkansas State, is there is there one main thing, one major thing you've learned from that experience that you're bringing with you fresh to Arkansas State University? You know, that's a great question, and there's so many things I take from them. And, uh, you know, Coach Saban had called me a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, we were during uh, spring break and asked me to come over. So I went over there, and it was great for me. It's kind of therapeutic because we had been through five practices, and they, I believe, were going on practice three. Wow. And so uh, I stayed there, you know, for a couple practices and kind of gave my input. And it was great to 
I became kind of competitive, uh, you know, comparing their practice to our practice. And it was a great evaluation tool to having gone through five and then go back there and spend a couple of days. But I, I would say the biggest thing um, is we live in a result oriented world. Everyone concerns themselves with the results and the end result. And, you know, you hear the term just focus on the process. Well, really, what defines the process? And, you know, again, for us, we're not going to worry about the end result. We're going to worry and focus on the process. Well, the process is working to be the best version of you every single day. You know, for a young man who's a receiver and says, man, I got to have 50 catches next year. I got to score eight touchdowns. Well, all that does is that puts anxiety into your world because you're, you're focusing on the end result. Well, really what you need to do is focus on the things you need to do to get that end result. Right. So, for instance, I'm going to catch 100 extra footballs a day after practice, and that's going to help me get to where I want to be. So I think it's really kind of changing a mindset. It's like we talk to our players all the time when it starts for real. We'll never look up at the scoreboard. We should never know what the score is. We have to focus on the process of hand and be one play oriented and then teaching them how do you snap and clear? How do you play that play and then erase it? Because every play has a life of its own. You can't get that back. And We've had so many illustrations through the course of spring you know, and I always talk about what does it take to play winning football? And so we give, you know, I give after our scrimmages of the things we did well in and how we play winning football and then the catastrophic things that we did and the things that would cost us to lose a game. So, you know, that teach process is always going. But again, it's focusing on the process and not being result oriented. Hey, State head football coach Butch Jones on with us this morning. <clears throat> Another thing I've heard about you is is you're very much a structured person, and and really you hear that the people who are most successful are very detail oriented. They're very structured. Time management's important. Uh, where did you learn that, and how does that play into your coaching style? Well, it's it's, it's always been a, a thing of mine, and you know I think at a very early age, growing up, I grew up in a small town in Michigan, and my father was a chief of police, and uh, so, you know, watching his structure and then my mom uh, was a hospital administrator. So I kind of, you know, the organization, the details I took from them. And uh, I've always been that way. And then I think being at Alabama the last three years really kind of took everything <laughs> to a whole nother level. And, uh, you know, the, the importance of structure and routine and, uh, you know, everybody being on the same page. But you know, I pride myself when we go out to the practice field, everybody knows where they're going. They, everything's on time. Everything's done off a time clock and a horn. And the, we say the horn's the boss and we move on the horn and every player knowing, you know, their expectations and where they're going. And, you know, and then just the overall organization every day of what do we need to do as a football program to get better each and every day. So, you know, I think it was at an early age and it's, it's always been a part of me everywhere I've been, but I think the last three years really kind of took it to a whole nother level. You mentioned your family, your mom and your dad. Tell me about the family that you're bringing with you uh, to Jonesboro and to Arkansas State University, because we want to know more about Butch Jones, the person, uh, the husband, the father. Tell me who's coming with you and kind of what we can expect from this entire family dynamic. 
Well, I'm really fired up because at the end of this month, we close on our house. So uh, we're soon to be full-time residents of Jonesboro. And, uh, you know, family's very, very important to me. And I will tell you this, you will see myself and my wife out in the community all the time. And I think that's what makes coming here very, very special is to be a part of this great community. Uh, We're one of everyone here. And so we're looking forward to that. But uh, I've been married for, see, here's the sad thing as a football coach, you think in terms of football season. <laughs> and the sad thing is my wife is the same. So we got married in 1992. So there's a math check. I want to say it's 28 or 29 years. Right. And uh, we have three boys. And my oldest son uh, played for us at Tennessee and then was with me at Alabama for three years. So he had a remarkable experience there. And he's coaching here with us at A-State. Uh, my middle son uh, was a, uh, in his second year at Central Michigan, plays wide receiver. He's transferred here, so he's a member of our football team and a, and a student athlete at A-State. Then we have a 14-year-old, and we're still kind of going through the, the the stages of where will he go to uh, school when they get here. So it's going to be a family deal. Um, very blessed and very fortunate to have our entire family back together and you know, in the coaching profession, this doesn't happen very often. But again, when I had the checklist and then it was Arkansas State, uh, I wanted our family to get back together and really experience this community, this university. So I'm really excited to have everyone back in place in Jonesboro. Arkansas State head football coach Butch Jones with us this morning. You mentioned the fan base and you mentioned you want to be involved and you want to be out there and, and- and really uh, kind of motivate them. If you were to be able to to reach into somebody's home right now or, or speak to them in the car or they're listening on the podcast, what can you say to the fan base, uh, the loyal fan base and the ones who, who come and go and, and aren't there at every game? What would you say to them to motivate them to come to A-State football this fall? Well, I think, first of all, it's all a pride of who we are. It's our community. You know, we represent so many things, and it's a community event of coming out. And we have two nationally televised games on Thursday night. And everyone's like, I can't believe that they picked Thursday night. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to understand. We have two nationally televised games on Thursday night. Do you understand what a great opportunity that is for our university, the platform that we're going to be on, but also for our community? It should be a Chamber of Commerce night. For four hours, the entire country gets to watch Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. And we have an opportunity to to showcase everything that this community, this university, and this football program stands for against two very good uh, competitive football programs that have been highly successful. So, again, I think it's, it's a pride of who we are. We want to be everyone's team, everyone's program. And we need to make our game day environment special. You know, here's the other thing is there's so many opportunities for people now with TV to stay at home and watch games. And we can't have that. We have to have a great home field advantage. And everywhere I've been, we've been able to do that. At Central Michigan, we our attendance arose to just about 30,000. We'd sell our student section out. At Cincinnati, the same thing. And then obviously – you know, coming from Tennessee, 105,000 uh, every single game. Right. And so I've seen it. And then obviously we all know about Alabama, um, but why not us? You know, and it takes everybody coming together. And, 
you know, a lot of it is on me to put a program or a, a program together that everyone's very proud of. But, you know, this is going to be a football program that is going to resemble Jonesboro in terms of the way we play, our effort, our love and our passion for the game and for each other. So we need, we can't do this without everyone's support. And if you want to win, you need to come out and you need to help us create that home field advantage and a pride because that matters in recruiting. You know, I think everyone sees we're recruiting at a whole different level. Yeah. And you're going to have commitments. You're going to have decommitments. We're taking an SEC approach to everything that we're doing. That's who we are. And if you just even look at the structure of our staff, you know, we've had individuals that have left SEC programs that were high in the hierarchy to come here and take pay cuts to come here. Right. And it's it's since we've been here, we've had a number of people also be offered jobs because they know what we're doing here. So I can assure you, everyone around the country knows what we're doing. Now we just need everybody in Jonesboro to really understand we have a special product and we need to get people in the stand. Well, our first chance. So can to- I count on you guys? You guys going to be there or what? Uh, we're there. Yeah. And that's the deal. We wanted to have you on. We want you to motivate. We want to be a platform for you and, and A-State to be able to come in and and let the world know, you know, not not even on the sports format, but just, you know, here's mainstream country morning radio. Uh, we want to give you the platform to just uh, tell that story and to motivate people, to excite people, to let them know that the place to be on Saturdays or Thursdays during football season is at Centennial Bank Stadium. But our first glimpse can be the spring game coming up on Saturday, 2 o'clock, Centennial Bank Stadium. The weather's beautiful. We can't use weather as an excuse not to go is this team ready to get out there on the field with some fans in the stands and, and do some football? They are absolutely ready. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see our fans come out. Um, you know, it's the first glimpse, the first impression of this current football team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still in the infant stages of developing this football team. The next phase will be, you know, the summer strength and conditioning program, which will be, very, very important to our continued development, but just, you know, the ability for them to come out, feel the energy, feel the excitement, and also for our players to feel the energy and the excitement. And we're going to have a reception for our uh, current players' families, and all of our families are going to be here, and we're going to get to know each other. And I've done a number of Zoom calls with the parents already, but it's going to be a fun-filled event and, you know, come out and show your support. It's going to be fast-paced. And, uh, you know, we're going to go one offense versus two defense and one defense versus two offense and compete and play and have a little bit of fun. So really look forward to seeing everyone out there. And then, you know, you're going to start seeing me more and more in the community. I think that's very, very important. And I tell you, everywhere I go, everyone's been remarkable. Come over, introduce themselves, and you can feel the passion that people have. Uh, for this university and for our football program. So I enjoy doing that. And once this uh, spring ball season concludes, you're going to see more of me. There you go. The spring game coming up on Saturday, 2 o'clock, Centennial Bank Stadium. Coach Jones, I know we've had you probably longer than you planned, but can we do five questions with the coach before you go? Absolutely. Just keep them easy, okay? Just softball. Okay. Okay. Complete softballs. Here we go. (laughs) All right. What's the first major concert you ever attended? Oh my gosh. I had never been to a concert in my life until I went to the University of Tennessee. 
And uh, wow. I want to say my first concert was Billy Carrington. And Billy comes over, introduces himself to me and talking. And I had no idea who he was. <laughs> the concert starts. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he sings that song. So after the concert, they had to bring me back on his tour bus um, so I could uh, meet him. But I've turned into a big country music fan. Uh, Luke Bryan's a very good friend of mine. Cole Swindell is a very good friend of mine. So we talk all the time. We actually, uh, you know, Hayden McLean is is uh, our director of football operations, and he does a lot of singing in town. And so uh, we were out the other night, and he was singing. So I made sure I sent a video because he was uh, singing some Cole Swindell songs. So I sent the video to, to Cole's manager and him and said, I think he may be better than Cole. <laughs> All right, so there you go. And I can't believe you waited so long to go to your first concert. But my deal was, as a kid, I thought concerts were all about, like, mosh pits and fights. So I was scared to go <laughs> until I became an adult. All right, next question. What is your favorite hobby that has nothing to do with football? I would say just uh, being around the family. Yeah. Just spending family time at the pool and just enjoying their the camaraderie. Okay. Last show you binged. Are you a show watcher? No, I'm not. I okay. You know okay. what? I would have to say uh, last the last practice we had on Monday. <laughs> gotcha. All right. All right. What is your favorite dessert? Ooh, uh, gosh, I guess I have to go with the traditional, probably a hot fudge Sunday. Okay. That's good. And your first celebrity. Too many trips to Andy since I've been here. I know it'll get you <laughs> first celebrity crush. Ooh, gosh. Wait, wait, you know I'm not is your wife here yet? Jennifer. Jennifer Aniston. Hey! You can never go wrong with Rachel Green nope. right there. Hey, Coach, we really appreciate uh, the extra time this morning and uh, you being willing to come on and chat with us. And we look forward to the great things that you're going to do for A-State football. Well, appreciate everything you guys do for us. And I can tell you that the best experience I've had so far in Jonesboro is being on the radio with you guys this morning. So hey. I appreciate everything. Y'all made my day. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, Coach. Thank you. Wolves up. All right, there you go. Wolves up. Kelly, let me hear you howl. There you go. Coach Butch Jones on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. This is Arkansas's morning show, and this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. And, of course, at this point, we bring on the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend, our best friend, and the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program, Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. Welcome back, dude. Hey, thank you. Good to be here. How are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling great. Are you a breakfast eater? No, I don't eat breakfast. You drink coffee? Uh, sometimes in the winter. I'm not much of a coffee drinker. So, so what do you drink when you wake up? Orange juice, sweet tea? Um, I usually start off with just some water, bottle of water. I bring a bottle of water with me to work. Brandon drinks prune juice. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it helps certain movements. I just, I just got a text message from my friends that said whiskey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, shout out to them, man. That's the way to start today. Uh, so we, we like to have you on and we like to figure out what's happening with 
the animals, the animal population, and, and kind of things that are you're seeing trending in the veterinary world. So what's up this morning? Well, I'm going to talk about a topic that actually happened to me a couple of weeks ago, but it was a choice of toss up between another article I just read uh, yesterday. It was like the top 15 lap dogs. And what, that may be a future topic, but what caught my attention uh, in the first paragraph, it referred to lap dogs as blankets with legs. Which I think <laughs> Kelly has been referred to that as back in the day. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. As a matter of fact, I've heard the same thing. Uh, um, I don't even know. <laughs> so, so the later. topic today, I had the experience of, you know, I do a, quite a bit of surgery. And, you know, I've always given out post-operative instructions to pet owners after they take their pet home after surgeries. But I don't usually have... A chance to be the care provider and it just so happened two weeks ago I removed uh, some mammary tumors on a, uh, a relative's dog and I just took the dog home with me so I was actually the caregiver and you know it made me think you know I talk about this day in and day out after care of surgery but I never do actually do it so it gave me a different perspective on, on being the care provider and so there's you know all surgeries are different and they may there's no such thing as a standard procedure for post-operative care. You know, that varies depending on the age and your pet's condition and, then of course, the exact type of surgery that was involved. But, you know, what I did notice, and, and I paid close attention to this, you know, I took her home and she was sleepy, you know, moving pretty slow, still had some effects of the, um, the post-operative effects of the uh, anesthetic drugs on board. And you know, one of the most thing, most important things to uh, to healing after surgery is just rest. And you know, if you've ever had a procedure, you know, obviously, if it's some, anything more than just minor, you don't go back to work. The physician has orders for you to stay home and rest. And that's important in our pets because no matter what type of incision or tissue that is, uh, you know, incised, uh, skin or muscle or or whatever. Healing occurs faster if there's not much movement at that site of uh, incision or where the surgery is performed. So that's why rest is so important. And, you know, some minor procedures where there's maybe just a small skin incision, you know, three to five days is enough. But major surgeries like an orthopedic procedure where you're going through skin, muscle, and then repairing a bone, you know, those may require four to eight weeks of, of pretty close confinement and rest, hand walking with a leash, you know, confinement in a kennel. And so, and, and that's important. And one thing I did notice about uh, Maggie when I took her home was she was, um, you know, just a little bit, you know, subdued, lethargic. I, I made her a soft little, let her lay on a soft blanket, kind of cover her up, keep her warm. Um, you should also check their incisions daily. Uh, you know, anything that there, there may be some mild inflammatory response, which is just a normal part of healing, and it may look a little red, a little swollen. But if there's any kind of discharge or uh, opening of the incision, you know, that's definitely where you need to seek uh, advice on what to do next. If there's a, a bandaged area, of course, you want to keep the bandage dry. Make sure there's no swelling above or below the bandage. Um, if it does get wet, you know, that bandage needs to come off and you need to uh, call and see if there's any other, uh, you know, if it requires rebandaging. Um, 
A lot of times, uh, in most cases, there will be post-operative medication, sometimes in the form of an antibiotic. Usually we don't uh, prescribe antibiotics for routine sterile surgeries. Uh, but pain pain medications are very common, and you know it's important uh, to you know to give your pet those as as prescribed because you know they can't tell us they can't walk to the medicine cabinet and pick out an aspirin or Tylenol if they're if they're aching a little. So you know these are designed for us to make them as comfortable as possible post-operatively. And, you know, and then there's some dogs that, you know, they go home and you could never tell they had surgery. They're ready to go chase uh, chase or run or catch a ball. But it is important, again, to rest them because tissues, you know, that have been invaded from surgery do require time to heal. And uh, your pet will have a lot better outcome after a surgery if you can just rest them and and you know try to empathize with them that you know if you've ever had a procedure done you know there's some uh, discomfort initially and you know you want to do everything you can to try to make them as comfortable as possible you know we've been through uh, an orthopedic surgery with you guys at vet care and the thing i realized you know the first day or, or two when when the pain pills are there and they can be more relaxed is easy but it, for the extended periods of time i mean it can be difficult mm-hmm. to slow a dog down once they start to feel a little bit better yeah, and that's the thing. You know, they, they pets are intelligent, but they don't have the cognitive thought processes like a person does to look down the road or, or to think to yourself, you know, I know I need to, you know, recuperate, I need to rest, I need yeah. to allow these tissues to heal. As soon as they feel feel better, you know, they ready to run and do their resume their normal activities. And that's where we have to, you know, intervene and, you know, even though you know they can't understand maybe why we're we're restricting their playtime, you know it's important in the long run, you know, for the healing process. It's Dr. Kevin Reed, y'all. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend, and he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the Morning Radio Program. Dr. Kevin Reed, the man you need. Dr. Kevin Reed. Find out more about vet care on Facebook. It's VetCare Jonesboro or Vet-Care.com. Dr. Reed, Wet Nose Wednesday. We appreciate you, man. Hey, thank you. Y'all have a great week. Dr. Kevin Reed, Vet Care on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you go back and check out today's Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, you can relive the entire K-Fine Breakfast Club, including our chat with the new Arkansas State head football coach, Butch Jones. And I'm... Even more excited about Arkansas State football. Yeah. So here's yeah. here's kind of like the thing. If we're going to break it down and be like fully real and transparent, sports people, like hyper sports people who love hearing all about stats and football, will enjoy this because we hear a little bit about mm-hmm. Coach Jones. But we hear about it from a perspective that, that we can all relate to. Yeah. Which I think that's really important. Some coaches only speak in coach. Mm-hmm. He was able to speak in real person. Plus, we found out more about the real person. Who is this guy? Mm -hmm. Why did he want to come here from Alabama with Nick Saban? Like what was great? What, what kind of makes him work outside of football, which we'll find out is, is some very important people in his life. Who are his friends in country music? I mean, when I was hearing the list Mm -hmm. of people that he could just reach out to, I'm like, wait a minute. He has connections like that. Pretty cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Coach Butch Jones on the Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, which is available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry. What's on TV. Tonight, the ninth season premiere of the big interview with Dan Rather, Lady A's Hillary Scott and her husband, Chris Ty- Tyrell, will be on there. 
Okay. Interesting. Uh, the second season finale of Tough, Tough as Nails, The Masked Singer, Game of Talents. Tonight's schedule also includes Kung Fu, Nancy Drew, A Million Little Things, and Late Night on James Corden, Keith Urban. All right. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning.